Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 323. And tonight, we are, again, still on schedule. We are going to recap two episodes of Lore Olympus, starting with episode 203, which is available for everyone right now, and then moving on to 204, which is only available with the Fast Pass, but we will give you a spoiler warning before we start talking about that. So, episode 203, every single person called it That Was Not Hades. But there had been a lot of speculation about who it might be, and it turned out I was right. It was Kronos. I know. I was thinking that. You called it. You said it was Kronos. I'm like, no, because his eyes didn't have that crazy look like Kronos. Yeah, they switched to the crazy look later on in the episode. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's Kronos. So he is just, I mean, um, the Laura Olympians recap uh, described it as love bombing Persephone, and it's that really, really manipulative, just like shower them with all this affection and make sure that they don't feel like they can actually turn anything down because you're being so nice and he's jamming a ring on her finger and talking about they're going to get married. And okay, what did he remind you of when he was being so cheery and refusing to hear Persephone when she was trying to raise some complaints? Apollo. Absolutely. Yeah. I was was actually really relieved when it turned out it really was Kronos because I was afraid for a second. What if Apollo's manipulating things somehow? I thought that too. I totally thought that. And she escapes to the bathroom and she's freaking out. But she realizes, you know, okay, that's not Hades. <laughs> did she realize that it was Kronos? Did she call it? Or she just was like, that's definitely not Hades. I think she it. did say that, yeah, it's Kronos. But she didn't know how to handle this right away because she didn't want to do anything that would hurt Hades's body, which is mm-hmm. actually very forward thinking. Could I would probably, you know, facing Kronos, the mad titan, I would probably be going kill it with fire. I don't know. I mean, I'd be that yeah. freaked out. But at one point she does say, well... He wants a fertility goddess. He's going to get a fertility goddess. So she goes out to him and she's like, oh, I'm just still so nervous and everything. Can we just play that game that we always liked? And he's like, uh, she's, you know, where I make a giant hedge maze and you have to find me in it. And he's like, sure. He has no clue. No. And he's obviously dazzled by Persephone. Although one of the things he did when he was love bombing Persephone was he said, I'm building you a gigantic statue. And you look outside the window. And there is, in fact, a gigantic statue of a goddess. But I don't know if it was because, you know, it's stone, so it's all gray and almost kind of like featureless, whatever. But for some reason, it made me think of Hera. And I guess yeah, maybe it's one of those things, Kronos has a type, and Kronos was yeah. kind of obsessed with Hera before she betrayed him, so yeah. Yep, yep. Now, meanwhile, we've got Morpheus and Zeus. They are freaking out because, of course, Persephone has disappeared, and Zeus is just like, oh my god, she could be anywhere. And Morpheus is like, well, she's probably at the center of that giant hedge maze that just appeared out of nowhere. So they go down there to find her as she's running away from Kronos. And I think, what is it she was like... As she ducks around behind him, and he's obviously not able to find her, and she says something like, stupid, horny old shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, she's not impressed. So she bumps into Zeus and Morpheus, and that's where she's explaining. She's like, we can't hurt his body. I've got to find some way to get in there. Now, so she comes up with the idea that she can go into Hades' body, go into his dreams, and try and wake him up from there, and Morpheus can help her do that. And Morpheus is like, I can't. Hand, but Morpheus has been kind of shut off from the dreaming world, so Morpheus is not going to be able to help her. She's going to be in there on her own. So she tells Zeus, you need to keep Kronos busy, but don't hurt 
Hades's body. And I just, I love the way Rachel makes Zeus so hateful because he's just staring down and he looks irritated and put out. And he says, how am I meant to do that? And Persephone says, I don't know, figure it out. So, I mean, she comes in and she's automatically got a plan. And Zeus has been letting this sleeping sickness go on in Olympus mm-hmm. for like, what, 10 years now almost? Mm-hmm. Yep, you got it. <sighs> yeah, she's going to make so much of a better queen than he's making as a king. So Morpheus sends her in, and there's sort of a, I mean, the art's beautiful. When is the art not beautiful in this comic? But there's a beautiful image of her going into the dream, and then you see her, and she's wearing this really lovely dress that kind of the straps are sort of floating around and framing her face. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it went fast. That was a very speedy episode. Yeah. So, okay, we're jumping now into 204, which you can only read if you have the Fast Pass currently, or you can wait a week, and then you can get it. We could not wait a week because we are very weak. Yep. Anyway, so it picks up, and she's in the dream. And I don't know. This is kind of... It's not Hades' dream at this point. When she first goes into it, she's really in her own dream, but it's actually her own nightmare. Because she's not sure what she's doing. She knows she was looking for somebody, but she can't remember who it was. And then she hears somebody calling out behind her, telling her she needs to get ready. And she says, okay, Leto. And Leto comes in. And Leto says, I wish you would call me mom. And I'm sure that was every single reader going, ah! Oh, God. Yeah. And of course, Apollo is there and ordering her around, but condescending to her, like as, you know, Sure, he's married to her, but he doesn't like her at all. He doesn't respect her. She's just a prop. She's completely, and he just wants her to do whatever she's supposed to do. And he's just like, oh, she's so loopy. And oddly enough, I did feel like Leto was protective of her in this, which I didn't expect. Yeah, and she was concerned. I mean, it could possibly be that she was worried that um, Apollo's going to kill the golden goose because Mm -hmm. she was telling him, you can't drain so much off of her. You need to let her recover because if you do this too fast, she's going to disappear completely. And she said, "You're, you're a king now. You don't have to do this. And you hear Apollo saying, well, she's not really good for much else. So that's oh, definitely, he, he got what he wanted in this dream, that he's now the king. He and Persephone managed to depose Zeus, and he's just using her for something pretty to show off to everybody, and obviously still draining her fertility powers. Yep, yep. And there's kind of this performance that he's putting on where he tells everybody, oh, it's so great to see everybody, and I'm going to give you a glimpse of, you know, your queen, and you see Persephone, and he starts telling this story of how they met, and it's completely complete bullshit from beginning to end. It's complete bullshit, but it's also, it starts out the way Persephone met Hades, talking about the party and him spotting her across the room, and then the two of them spent all their time together, and she left the goddesses of eternal maidenhood in order to be with him, and the whole time he's talking, and Persephone's just kind of like reciting her lines about how they fell in love, she's been noticing a falling star in the distance, which Apollo is like, it's a falling star, that happens all the time, but she doesn't think that's what it is and she sees another one in the middle of the performance and she says I don't think that's a star and then you see like this ghostly form of Morpheus whispering in her ear beloved that's a diamond and that's oh god that that whole scene with them uh, knocking diamonds off of the roof with them golf clubs I (laughs) I just loved it and of course at this moment she's supposed to you know say her lines for this terrible performance that Apollo's having her do and she's like I have to go and he's furious but she does actually manage to break out of this dream 
but she goes from this dream into Hades' dream. And she sees one of the little, I, I guess there, is it pronounced Honori? The little I think mini, so. mini ghosts, like sort of the helpers of Morpheus. And it's we've seen it before. And a lot of the, the shoot, the lore Olympians have been talking about the fact that those times when Hades has seen like the ghostly little tiny version of himself as a little boy with a sheet over his head, that that might be one of the honori? Could be, yeah. I was thinking it's either that or it's a, a younger version of himself that he escapes to when he's in trauma. But um, she does see that, and it leads her to Hades, but Hades is with someone else. And you get kind of freaked out for a second because you only see this person from behind. And she's she realizes this is... Hades' dream. This is what he wants. And I don't know. She's just preparing herself to be heartbroken. Yeah. But maybe he's found somebody else. And he and this person go into this restaurant. And the server's being all nice to him. And the person he's with says, oh, I'm so hot. I better get this off. And she takes off her hat. And it's Persephone. And she's got a baby with her. And Hades is carrying like a little girl that's obviously their child. And Persephone is just dazzled. She says, his dream is me. It's us. Oh, it was so brilliant. I should have expected that. I was sitting here thinking that his dream was going to kind of be a version of like Persephone's dream. You know, Persephone drops into a dream and she's in a nightmare. I was thinking that his dream, he was going to be with, I don't know, Minth or something, you know, and it was, he was going to be miserable. They were going to be fighting. I should have expected. This is his dream that he's escaped to, to escape drama. Of course he's dreaming about Persephone. Oh, and it's so adorable because I mean, she tells the, um, uh, the little girl, their child, that she can order one treat, and she, you know she's the little girl wants to pay, and she's got a credit card. And Perceptor's like, she's a little young to have a credit card, don't you think? And Hades like, oh, I think it's fine. It's just they're just such a lovely, beautiful family. But Persephone, our Persephone, realizes she has to do the one thing that she really doesn't want to do. He's so happy right now, but she's got to get him to wake up. So she actually goes to him because she knows she's going to yank him out of this beautiful dream. And she does whisper to him that she needs him to wake up. And she says, I need you to wake up because I love you. And that's pretty much what he said to her when she was falling into a coma many, many episodes ago. So, oh, my heart. Oh, and then there's this beautiful image. His eyes are all wide open and they're kind of like floating in midair. And it's just, oh, it's, it's gorgeous composed and everything but there's more scenes of falling him falling her falling and then they come to and they're both lying on the ground but you know that it's like present day Hades because he's lying flat on the ground and his hair has just grown everywhere yeah and he's lying in a bed of roses which is absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. and Persephone says Hades and then you hear this crack sound and you look up and these gigantic doors in Hades's mansion are opening and that's where the episode ends. That's it. I know. I was like, oh, no. Do I want to get another Fast Pass? No, I can't do that. I'm It'll going to resist. Be... I'm going to I'm resist. I'm going to resist. Oh, my goodness. But ugh. so those episodes did go very quickly. And another reason why I don't want to speed through these too quickly is because Rachel Smythe had an announcement on Instagram. She said episode 206 will be the final episode of season two. But there's not going to be a production hiatus, is what she called it, between the end of season two and the beginning of season three. However, there's going to be a two-week break in August, and I think she's, I think it might be a vacation. She said it's insert life reasons, which take a vacation, Rachel, you've earned it. Seriously. Oh, my God. Yes, please. God. 
especially since so many creators that I know, I keep getting the notices on Twitter. It's like so-and-so is down with COVID. Somebody else is down with COVID. It's like everybody's getting it now. It's getting a little scary. Alex Milney, he's been recovering from awful back problems. Have you been reading about that oh, on yeah. Twitter? Yeah, like a, yeah. Um, yeah, an infection in his spine, I think. So it took a terrible time. Mm-hmm. I think he might finally be starting to go beyond the mend but yeah it's just oh and I want so much more art from him but I'm like dude take some time he really needs to take some time he made some comment because he's been kind of getting back into drawing and being able to sit up at a desk and so he did I think he did a Batman no he did a Wolverine and then he did a Spider-Man. But then he made some comment, like, since most people only want to see the robots from me, here's some robots I've been working on. I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't mind that. Yes. <laughs> I, because I'm one of the people I was just like, oh, that, that Wolverine's really cool. Can you draw some robots, please? Yes, please. I love the robots. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, sorry. But I don't think it was I don't think it was spiteful. I think he was actually just stating a fact. Most people just want to see the robots, right? That's at least hopefully it's not like Adam Warren who's always complaining about having to do, you know, art. I was a Patreon for him for a little while. And not really high up, just like the three dollars a month and everything. I just got tired of him bitching all the time. I mean, about having to do stuff for the Patreon. And I'm just like People are giving you money, dude. Uh, well, that just, and anyway. it's like if if the people giving you money to do stuff is like a problem, then we can stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. I finally did. But anyway, yeah, I'm hoping that the next empowered book comes out. I always wonder if this is going to be the last one. As much as he bitches and complains about it, it might be the last one. Huh? Well, I just always thought it was so fascinating that his like his passion is the story, and yeah. he basically does the artwork because he hasn't found anyone else that can illustrate the story the way he wants it so it's one of those you know the only way to make sure it's being done right is to do it yourself kind of thing so that really surprised me because I've always thought of him as in terms of an artist who writes stories as opposed to a writer who draws yep 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 but Anyway, um, so anyway, that was uh, Laura Olympus for this week. Whew, man. And um, in other stuff, we're going to probably next week do a TV catch-up episode with all the things that we've been watching lately. I am partway through the current season of Umbrella Academy, and I'm pretty sure I like it better than the second season. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Still, I'm still working my way through the first season. I am two episodes away from the end of the first season of Russian Doll, finally, uh, so I will yeah. probably be be done with that next week and i'm also think i only have two more episodes left of peaky blinders oh nice i finished up peaky blinders so oh really okay yeah (laughs) gracious oh and i forgot weeks ago i forgot to mention this nathan and i went out to see everything everywhere all at once at the alamo draft house yes and it's wild oh my god it is wild it is almost exhausting especially in the second half because it just gets more and more and more and more and everybody is so good but i mean like okay to sum up how utterly bizarre this movie is i'll just say this weaponized butt plugs i mean and not in a way that you're thinking they had a fight scene that they had to pixelate part of it out (laughs) oh Gracious! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Somehow, with all the buzz about that movie, that's not something I'd heard about. Oh that's my god! Weird. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is excellent. She plays a part I don't think I've ever seen her do anything like it before. But again, another way to sum up the bizarreness of this: hot dog fingers. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. 
Well, speaking of bizarre, the reviews are in about Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh-huh. Now, Hugh adored it. He of thought course, it was great. he did yes. because yes. he's so passionate he and everything. really likes lots. He does. Um, I have definitely heard some mixed reviews about it. So I'm, I don't know. I mean, there are. I'm aware that some people love to hate on things. I get that, but it does seem to be like. It may have leaned into the goofiness, which I can't always handle, so I don't know. Uh, Well, that's, I mean, yeah, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. They are definitely leaning more towards that. They are much more comic book movies, I think, than even any of the other Marvel comic book movies. So they just, they really embrace that. But yeah, it's interesting, Natalie Portman being in another big movie, because I just watched the, um, the Red Letter Media YouTube review of Annihilation, and they actually oh, yeah. thought it was, I mean, they liked it, which surprised me because I think a lot of people think that it's baffling and like too, you know, cerebral, whatever. But they, Yes, I'm one of those people. Yes. Okay, yeah. They were a little, they feel like it's another sign of the end of movies, which I'm sorry, I keep hearing that all the time, you know, based on anything that's popular. But they said that all these people are talking about how there's not enough women characters, not enough lead women characters. And here you had a movie that had five lead female characters and they're not doing anything overt, like, ah, sisters doing it for themselves, that sort of thing. No, it just happened to be five female characters leading a movie and nobody talked about that movie when it was out. So, no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. I yeah. still like it. I think for the just for the feel, for the setting, for how just gloriously beautiful and weird it was especially any shot of that lighthouse is like one of the most gorgeous things i've seen on film at all yeah i need to give it another look because i only watched it the one time i had read the book and had not been impressed by the book because i had no idea what was going on and then i saw the movie and i liked how you told me that the director alex garland yeah he had read the book but years beforehand and he didn't reread it he made the movie based on what he remembered of the book which Uh i think is a pretty good way to do it yeah but i I um, think so because it sounded like that book itself would have been unfilmable. Yeah, it was just odd. But um, I, I, yes, it irritated me the first time I saw it because I kept on waiting for something else to happen. <laughs> um, but I also was very irritated the first time I saw that episode of Twin Peaks The Return with the giant and the black and white and floating in the air and the giant ball of light and whatever. And I was just like, what navel-gazing bullshit is this? <laughs> Subsequent rewatches, I have enjoyed it more. So I might like Annihilation. And I certainly did love Ex Machina. Yeah, well, we, we actually watched the first half of the Red Letter Media about Twin Peaks The Return. And it's made yeah. me want to rewatch the whole third season because... Oh, so weird. So gloriously weird. So weird. And I do think they stuck the landing in a intentionally unsatisfying way. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. You know what starts this Wednesday? Oh my goodness, it's San Diego Comic-Con. Wow. And I'm nervous because, you know, this outbreak is kind of scary. And I was at uh, Pride Festival last week. And I love those pictures. I especially love that picture of you and the Stormtrooper. That was hilarious. This is a guy in the race. He was just in a Stormtrooper outfit. And my friend Wade got a picture of us. I'm like, this is all I needed. Thank you. (laughs) 
But man, you did not see a lot of masks. You oh. really didn't. Yeah, but Comic-Con does have a mask mandate, and I believe they still are requiring either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. So this is the same people who did WonderCon, and they were pretty on it then. So um, I'm still going to avoid the sales floor on Saturday because that is when it's at its most crazy. But that means I'll just be outside taking pictures of cosplayers. Oh, yeah. I remember that one time we went to um, the sales floor on a Saturday, and we actually got to a point where we couldn't move. I mean, literally well, everybody was locked into position. It had gotten that packed. Yeah, and I had kind of thought that, oh, when Comic-Con comes back, maybe they'll sell less tickets, or maybe people will be a little hesitant, will be more careful in the social distance. Just going by what I saw at the Pride Parade and everything, nah, I think everybody is really, really wanting to believe that the pandemic is over so much that people have stopped being careful, and that's a little... Uh, yeah, little we, we, do see, we do seem to be sort of in the between period between it being as bad as the worst of the COVID pandemic and it being the flu, and, you know, the flu yeah. can be deadly, and you should probably get your shots for the flu every year just in case you have a bad reaction to catching the flu, but yeah. I don't think COVID has dropped down to that level of seriousness. I think it is still no. pretty serious, and the cases are starting to rise, and they've got a whole new variant, because of course they do, because we're just yeah. going to keep mutating variants until everybody gets it. God, and um, of course, you look at the numbers, and you can't even tell if the numbers are realistic, because everybody's testing at home now, and you're not necessarily calling those numbers in, but uh, I don't want to end this on a bad note, though, so everybody <laughs> just be careful, wear your mask, watch your hands, you know, the whole, uh, wash your hands, not wash your hands. Watch your hands. <laughs> watch your hands. Don't go grabbing people, but um, <laughs> watch your hands, don't touch your face. Yeah, all that, but anyway, um, all that and more PixeladyGeek.com. We will certainly have lots of stuff. It's so far, and I've checked in with everybody. It's me, it's Alex DeHekashon, Lauren Wilson, and Steve. Stephanie Agnes, we are all going to Comic-Con. We are all going to be safe. We are all vaccinated. We're hoping for the best, and we're going to take tons of photos. Tons of so. photos. I want to see everything. Oh, yes. And um, God, well, hopefully I have pictures of the cosplay, which I showed Catherine little test thing of. Uh, let's hope. I hope, hope it works. We, we've actually graduated to working with foam for cosplay legs, so cross your fingers. There's no going back now. It's on to the Transformers cosplay. It's going to happen one of these it days. Absolutely going to happen. But anyway. One way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
her into his dreams and get Zeus out of there. Get him oh, to so wake you up. You just said Zeus. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Try again. No telling how many times we've already done that. Oh man. No, no, sorry, not Alan Moore. Let me try that again. Um, Chris Bocklow? Not Chris Bocklow. Um, Adam Warren. Adam Warren. And um, not Sigourney Weaver. Um, what's her name? Oh, shoot. She's in the Halloween movies. Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis.